Have you heard about the secret tree that grew behind the library? Each book read beneath its shade would come to life right off the page. Hello and welcome back to the North Burroughs Beat, the podcast that features the people, businesses, and events of Pittsburgh's North Burroughs. We are so happy to be back after an eight-month hiatus due to the pandemic. My name is Judy Pastor, and we are recording at the Pittsburgh Soundcastle Studio in Bellevue on October 13th. I want to thank so many of you for supporting the podcast in recent months. We have surpassed 2,000 downloads with 500 downloads during the time that we were off. We are really happy that our coverage of the North Boroughs appeals to our listeners. So with that, on with the show. Driving around Western Pennsylvania, I've been amazed and delighted at this year's foliage. Trees are an important asset of the North Boroughs. Today, Teresa Gallick is here to talk about trees with the certified arborist. Thank you so much, Judy, Um, and thanks for joining me today. I'm here with, as Judy already said, a certified arborist. His name is Ben Hartram. Um, Ben, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you work, where you live, how long you've been an arborist? Uh, Yeah, my name's Ben Hartraft. Um, I work with a company called Bartlett Tree Experts, and... um, you know, our company, we, fo- we focus on scientific tree care. Um, I've been an arborist f- since 2006, so uh, 14 years, I guess, here. Um, I live in Glenshaw myself, you know, Glenshaw, Shaler area. Mm-hmm. Uh, A lot of great trees over there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Many people may be wondering, what exactly is a certified arborist? Why don't you tell us what you do and what makes you different from maybe some regular tree guys people have used who come in and chop down their trees? Mm-hmm. Well, so a certified arborist, there, there's a, an organization called ISA, which is the International Society of Arboriculture, and they have a certification called the Certified Arborist. Um, and so, you know, what this means is, uh, you either have to have worked in the industry for a certain amount of years or have gone to school and gotten a degree, you know, a related degree. And then, uh, and then you have to take a test to, to pass, to get the certification. And then you have to get continuing education credits every so often, you know, every three years to keep the keep the certification going. Um, so, you know, I guess the difference between certified arborist and like maybe a regular tree guy is you've just sort of demonstrated like a commitment to uh, learning more about the, the science of the trees and, um, and, and the industry. And there's also a lot of ethical things in there as well. You know, certain ethics that you would want to follow, um, so, so what I do on a daily basis is uh, customers call and they're, they have concerns about a tree or they just, you know, 
maybe they're not concerned about it, but they just want to, you know, take care of it. And so I get to go and drive all over the place and meet <laughs> and just meet like, you know, all kinds of people all day long and just look at all different kinds of trees and different scenarios. And, and I just basically try to help them, you know, manage their, their trees. So, mm -hmm. you know, give them recommendations, um, and, and, you know, try to just paint a picture of like what's going to be happening with the trees in the future and try to help, help guide them to like, you know, make decisions. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, generally yeah. I, I love trees, but yep. tell me like, what are the values of trees around us and trees in our landscape? Well, uh, it, I mean, there's really so many values. Um, so they, just the like if you think about like the shade that they cast they can mm -hmm. uh they can reduce like heating bills and cooling bills um and and just just having them in the yard you know is just you know it's very uh uh you know therapeutic i guess would right. would be a good word for it um and then beyond that you know they they help to uh with erosion they help to the, the roots help to stabilize soils. Um, they're a major uh, carbon sequester. They 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 capture a lot of carbon from the atmosphere. Um, and then beyond that, there's uh, you know there's there's really um, actually like monetary values that can be assigned to the trees. There's there's an entire um, you know like a tr tree and plant like appraisal uh, guide and and this book that that's made and there's you know different additions are made every so often wow yeah it's, you mean it, they can raise your home value they can raise your home value yep they can uh it's pretty significant and then uh you know if if a tree were ever to be damaged you know it can even go into like litigation where you can try to get compensation for that mm -hmm. tree and and it's you know pretty uh pretty involved how they they do so that. an important yeah. thing to think about is we're raking our yards this fall, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, um, what do you think are, you know, you've said you've been all around and you've been helping people deal with their tree issues and their tree questions. What are some of the biggest mistakes that homeowners make when it comes to either selecting trees or maintaining trees? Yeah, uh selection is a is a huge thing you know i think i've made many mistakes on that issue <laughs> yep. in the past yeah i mean uh i i would say probably the one of the most common things i hear when i go to meet with people is they say this tree was never supposed to get this big you know and they tell you that they they say in the nursery they told me it would never get this big and uh so i think you you, you really need to do your you know due diligence and research the tree find out what its mature size is mm -hmm. and then try to think about that you know right about what that really means for where you're thinking about putting it so right. um so that's a big problem and and you don't really want to you don't want to get a tree and then have the intention of like pruning it all the time and trying to control its size you know because that's just sort of a high maintenance trees want to be what they want to be. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's a big one. Um, 
and and you know plant things too close, which is really kind of the same the same idea. Um, improper planting is also a, a, you know a major problem, uh, and the biggest problem of it being trees being planted too deep in, into the ground. What happens if you plant them too deep? Well, if they're planted too deep, um, there, there's an area at, at the base of the stem, the transition of the stem into the roots where it kind of flares out. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a bell shape, and that's, that's called the root flare, and that's a really important part of the tree, and it can't tolerate being covered with mulch or soil. So it's supposed to be level with the, with the ground. Yeah, the, the root flare is supposed to be visible and act. Or just above the grade there. Okay. And so if that gets planted below grade, uh, a lot of things happen. Uh, roots can start to grow directly out of the stem. They can encircle the stem and girdle it, is what we call it. Like girdling roots can actually choke the stem. Wow. And in time, you know, kill the tree. Um, and then also just all that moisture up against the stem can, can lead to you know, a lot of different kinds of, uh, rot and decay diseases and things like that. Right. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Any other so, issues with maintenance that, um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, some of the things that, uh, people should be doing is especially this year is like watering your, your trees, you know? And, and I think, uh, so you might have, you might have a really large mature tree in your yard and, and the thought, and you would never think to yourself that I should water this yeah, big giant tree, mature trees. but, but you really should, you know, because the, the conditions we've had here this summer are unusual and very stressful to trees. And unfortunately that stress typically isn't going to show up until the next season or possibly, you know, a few seasons down the road, you know? So, um, so even now, like even now in the fall, I would recommend, you know, trying to make sure your trees get some good water going into the winter. Uh, so Okay. Yeah. All right. So we should all be watering trees even now. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I mean, really, in, until the leaves fall, you know, then it's not so important because they're not right. really pulling water then. Right. So um, uh, mulching is, is hugely beneficial to trees. Um now it's only meant to be on the ground around the tree. You don't, right. you don't ever want the mulch, you know, like touching the tree itself. Right. Cause that, that's when you can start to cover up those root flares. Like I talked about. So, uh, and I've seen that sometimes where people almost, you know, there's a hill of mulch surrounding the base uh, of the oh, yeah. tree. So that's they call not that a good thing. Volcano mulching. Volcano <laughs> mulching. Yeah, you yeah. don't want a volcano mulch. Nope. Okay, good thing <laughs> to remember, water your trees, no volcano mulch. I always yeah. heard that fall is a really good time to plant new trees. Is that true? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fall's a good time. Uh, the the because it's a lot cooler and because typically the trees are dormant, so uh, the the watering needs aren't the same. Right. You know, whereas like but you in, still need to water them, right? You still, if you, yeah, if you, you plant them. Yeah, you need to water them like at planting. You know, and and kind of lightly going into the winter, but and then the following season you still need to water them, but. What will have happened is that fall roots will have already started to grow, and then in the spring before <clears throat> before the leaves come out, more roots will have grown. You know, so 
you're, you're sort of getting a head start on the establishment of the tree. So in addition to planting and in addition to watering in the fall, is fall a good time to trim trees as well? Yeah. To do pruning? Yeah, it is. Yep. It's a good time. Um, fall, you know, really all through the winter months. Um, oh, you uh, can prune in the winter as well? Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I mean... I mean, technically, winter's a little better than fall for pruning because, you know, the plants are in true dormancy. Because um, there are some some plants and some shrubs and stuff that they take a lot longer to actually get into like true dormancy. You know, so even even maybe after the leaves have fallen, you know, there's still some processes happening inside right. of them. Um, so really, the safest time to prune is you know. Jan- January, is in the winter. yeah, but but typically when you're pruning though, you know you're not you're not making big giant cuts. You you, you want to try to avoid making very large cuts, pruning cuts. Um, so usually you're just making some smaller cuts, and mm-hmm. and so it's not you know that big of a deal. Um, now for us as arborists, we prefer to do it in the in the winter time you know when the leaves are and i'm guessing people call you in the summer to do yeah they do yep yep they do and and you know and and we do pruning in the summer but um we we also you know certain a lot of things we we want to try to get it scheduled for like the winter months you know so and there's like it's better for the tree the tree's dormant there's no insects that are active that that might uh you know come in after you make pruning cuts um you can the arborists the climbers can see better they can you know see the right, structure of the tree have the canopy of yep. leaves and mm-hmm. things um and then also another big benefit is the yard beneath it you know you, you go there in the summer and there might be perennial beds everywhere underneath the tree and so now you have all this stuff you have to try to work around mm-hmm. whereas in the winter you know typically that's pretty barren yeah pretty barren yep so. now you know the north boroughs has so many old huge trees how often should a homeowner have a certified arborist come and look at the trees and and assess um, whether or not pruning needs to be done or um, perhaps some of the trees are diseased and need to be taken out and things like that. Yeah. I mean, really, like, uh, you really need to have, a like, a once-a-year type visit, you know, because there's just a lot of things that can happen throughout the course of a year. Right. And, you know, for instance, you could have a, a large limb in the tree that was damaged in a storm but it didn't fall and you just wouldn't really know to be looking for that or know what you were looking for, you know, whereas like an arborist, like, you know, they're going to come and, and really be scanning through that tree, looking for that kind of damage and right. those potential hazards and things like that. So once so a year, I, yeah, once a on year, schedule. yeah, that's a good, yep. Okay. That's what I'd say. Yep. Good. <laughs> now, also in the North Boroughs, one thing that I that really has happened a lot, especially in the last five years, is that homeowners are adding vegetable gardens to their backyards or sometimes their front yards, yeah. and um, and there's this whole go back to raising your own food philosophy that's taken yep. hold. And I've wondered about fruit trees on little city lots and whether or not that is even feasible. You know, I always imagine fruit trees need a lot of space. So mm-hmm. are there fruit trees that that 
homeowners in the North Boroughs could consider adding to their landscape? Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the two that, I mean, apples and pears are, are basically the two that are going to do the best around here. Okay. Um, you still have to have a, a good site for it. You need to have full sunlight um, and you, you need to have, try to have some good airflow back there. You know, um, what happens <clears throat> a lot of times with fruit trees is the flowers come out and then we might get like a late frost. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's not good airflow to kind of, you know, swipe that, that frost out of there, it can really damage the flowers and then just ruin the crop for the year. Okay. Um, uh, there's also like a style of, of growing fruit trees uh, called espalier where... Oh, it's against the ball, yeah, right? And, and that's, a, that's sort of like a solution to how you can grow a, a fruit tree without having to take up all kinds of space, you know? Right. And they can even be grown on like trellis systems too, um, like very much like how grapes would be grown, you know? Uh-huh. Um, in fact, I think some of the growers or like commercial growers are starting to do that because they're learning that they can get more yield out of out of less area you know so i've seen photos of um, that i've never seen one live but um yeah. they're beautiful yeah, against yeah. walls or against fences yep. mm-hmm. yeah so i think that'd be the the way to go uh especially if you have a small lot you know right um and then you know i always recommend growing berries and stuff too because Oh, you okay. Know, raspberries well, let's let's and, take a little tiptoe into the shrub area. So raspberries, <laughs> yeah, blueberries. Yep, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, black raspberries. Um, you know, those things, you can really get those growing and get some nice nice yields out of that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely imagine, yeah. And then, we, you know, and you go to the store and, and you see the price of blueberries and you're like, they're just blueberries. Gee, I could, Why yes, are they I could so have much? that in my backyard. <laughs> So, okay, I'm going to run out and get a blueberry bush after this. So good. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, um, and we discussed this beforehand about how the North Boroughs is such a walking community and, you know, older suburbs like the North Boroughs are home to lots and lots of beautiful trees. Um, And there are people who like to take their families out for a stroll. So I wanted to talk about some of the beautiful trees in the area. And I know that you made a uh, visit to Bain Park, which was home of a famous elm tree known as the Lone Sentinel. So why don't you tell me about your visit to Bain and the kinds of trees that you found there? Yeah, uh, there's definitely some really large older trees there um the uh, in the front of the building i I believe the the side that faces down toward uh lincoln street um there's two large trees a japanese zelkova and then a northern red oak there uh and the the zelkova is really neat uh because that's a common tree you see a lot but you don't really see ones that that big very often you know at least i i'm not familiar with a lot of them around here that big so when it gets really big it, it it's just looks much different than the the small ones that i'm used to seeing um also the the one that was really interesting there is over near the playground 
there's a persimmon there that someone told me about this persimmon. Yeah, this is the and is that an odd tree to have in this part of the country? No, it's not. Uh, it, it's a a tree that's native to the area. Okay, but you don't you know you don't see them very often in people's yards and stuff. And I've never seen one that big. It, it's by far and away the largest persimmon that I've ever seen. You know, so. Um, I'm guessing that's a pretty old tree, uh, you know, and that's a, I believe it was bearing fruit too when I saw it. Wow. I'm not sure. I I, I don't remember, but yeah, it's, that's a big tree. Yep. So I've always wondered whether or not the lone sentinel, which was an American elm, whether or not there are um, progeny of that tree that are still in the park. Are there? So, well, there's two elms that I saw, um, and I, you know, they could, I doubt they're the, the children of that tree because I believe that tree was cut down in 98, right? Was it 98 or 2001? 2001, 2001. So Elm is a fast growing tree. So they're not big enough to No, for if they were there for 19 years, they would be larger. Yeah, than than what they are. Um, okay, but you know, I there's still elms in the area. You know, okay. uh, in in fact, as I was driving, um, now I believe this might be out of uh, out of Bellevue. I think it was in Brighton Heights, but it was it was on the corner of like California uh, and Cooper. Okay, there's a very large American elm there. It basically is like you know covering a whole lot almost you know wow. it's very large yeah okay. um you know so there's definitely California defi- and Cooper yeah yeah okay I'm gonna put that on my trees <laughs> to go look at <laughs> well I had actually and I think I told you I had posted in Facebook to different groups in Bellevue and asked the people to tell me about trees that they loved yeah. in the North Burrows uh-huh. and and I got quite a few in Bellevue and a couple in Avalon and and you folks in Emsworth and Ben Avon love to hear about your trees as well <laughs> but um, a lot of people a lot of people mentioned a gorgeous tree and you know this tree on the corner of Orchard and North Spray yeah it's I believe you told me a Dawn Redwood yeah yep Yep, it's a Don Redwood, yeah. And so talk a little bit about that tree, because it's kind of unusual, right? Not native, I think, to the U.S., right? No, it's it's not. I, I believe it's native, I want to say China. Um, yeah, I think it, it's China. Yeah, and it's it's a tree that uh, was thought to be extinct, you know, and then, uh, or, or maybe it was Japan. It might have been Japan, but uh-huh. it's either China or Japan, but... I think it was in like the 30s they sort of rediscovered they discovered that the tree wasn't extinct. Um yeah, someone told me it once was in North America that there's fossil evidence that it was in North uh, okay, America yeah, but yeah. then it had gone extinct and then it was found in Asia and brought back over. Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah. Uh and um you know, the if you go if you were to go to like Mere Woods and uh, you know, near San Francisco, like the giant sequoias. And the yeah, giant there's also some large dawn redwoods in oh, there okay. as well. Um, but they're only ones that were, you know, I think planted, you know, in the 40s or sometime around then. Um, 
so yeah, it's it's a, a pretty neat tree. It's a it's a deciduous conifer, so it's a cone. Which is really that, unusual, right? Like Yeah, it, there's only a few of them. Like bald cypress is also deciduous. And, yep, and, and larch. And larch. Yeah. Okay. Yep, and those are the only ones I'm aware of. Yeah. Yep. And uh so yeah, it's a, it's a it's a very graceful tree. Yeah. Um they, this lovely bronze color in the fall. Yep. Mhm. And they uh they're very fast growing so that tree's probably not as old as you would think see i would think 100 years old you don't think it's that old i'd put that tree at maybe 40 years old or so okay um it'd be it'd be it'd be cool if you could find that out you know yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, i I don't know if anyone knows that but they're they're also an interesting they're 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 really adaptable they can tolerate like saturated soils and sitting in water, but then they're also drought tolerant. Like they can, you know, they can sort of tolerate so just like, about any soil. They'll yeah. Work. Yep. Mm-hmm. There should be more of them then, right? More yeah. Than planted. <laughs> it, beautiful, beautiful tree. A lot of people talked about sycamores. There are a heck of a lot of sycamores in the North Burrows. Like why would and yeah. if, for those of you like sycamore is the one with that really mottled kind of almost camouflagey looking. Um, bark yeah so i'm guessing they were really popular when um bellevue and avalon and emsworth and ben avon were founded yeah uh well really a lot of those trees are i think are london plane trees which which is actually a it's a hybrid it's a, a american sycamore cross with um with a uh oriental sycamore okay Um, so um you know they look very similar but they uh the the bark tends to be smoother you know and have more of an olive green sort of color to it well they definitely have kind of an olive green yeah it is smooth bark yep yep yeah so that's probably london plain which is you know has, has been a very popular street tree for for years and years because you know, they're very tough and sturdy and they're drought tolerant. And, you know, so that that's, I think, why they've been used so much is because they can just live a long time and they can really tolerate some adverse sort of conditions. So let's yeah. talk about street trees. You know, before we, we started recording, we were talking about the the pear variety that that is down in Ben Avon. And I know that that in the streetscaping they're doing on Lincoln Avenue, I think they're they've added um the tree um um let's see, what is it called? Oh, I'm blanking here. It is a tree lilac, syringia. Yep. Um, and so I know that, that, you know, the tree lilac tree, um, was put here in Bellevue. When you're thinking about putting a tree very close to the street, we were talking about the, it's not sycamore. What did you call them? The uh, London plane. London yeah, plane. Yep. Um, what kind of things does a homeowner have to think about if they're, if they decide to put a tree close to the street? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the first thing you want to look is power lines you know that's the big, oh yes that's the bane of all trees isn't the, it yeah that's the biggest thing um you know but fortunately there is a, a lists of trees that can do well 
in next to a street and don't grow too tall into the primary power lines. Um, unfortunately, those lists weren't available 30, 40 years ago, right. you know, so, um, but, but they've kind of figured that out now. So they're not really uh, planting the same trees that can get so large that require all the maintenance. Um, so a Google search <clears throat> of trees appropriate for yeah power line planting or power line planting yeah yeah planting under power lines okay or, yeah I've so. always wanted to do that and I've always been afraid that I'm going to pick a tree that either is going to get too tall uh-huh. and then the power company will come and chop it off someday <laughs> or it will die from the salt that's sprayed in the winter time and yeah. so I've always shied away from it well yeah and then you would want to research you know trees. For urban planting, like sh- trees that uh, street trees, you know, mm. there, there's definitely a lot of lists that are uh, available. Uh, it'll give you lists of trees that are, you know, heat and drought tolerant, salt tolerant. Um, you know, don't get too large and low maintenance. So now, Judy mentioned in her introduction about how um, the leaves are so. Pre- particularly beautiful and perhaps it's because we've all been um sequestered indoors for <laughs> yeah. so many months uh-huh. because of the quarantine but yeah. but um is this a particularly good season for color autumn color does seem to be breathtakingly beautiful yeah this year. yeah so <clears throat> I, you know i don't know a ton about this topic i've done some reading about it it really has a lot to do with the conditions in the fall so from what I understand, when you're when you have sunny days and cool nights is when you know for whatever reason that's going to lead to like and we have had a lot of yeah that. sunny days and cool nights and that's going to lead to like the you know the the most brilliant uh, fall colors there. So yeah, I guess that's that's why it's happening. Yep. Well, I I would encourage everyone who's listening. Um, you know, the next walk you take outside, there are some gorgeous trees that you can find all over the North Boroughs. You know, maybe we can give a list of some of the recommendations that various people gave me um, in preparation of this. Um, I want to thank you again, Ben. Thank you very much. Um, please join me again in about four weeks. I'm going to be doing a series of these Live Worship Shop Home and Garden podcasts. And um, and they're all sponsored by, thank you very much, Judy Northborough's Beat. And I'll close by paraphrasing a famous poem by Joyce Kilmer. Podcasts are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you, Teresa and Ben, for this really fun and interesting podcast. So that's the show. Business owners, if you would like to showcase your business for the people of the North Boroughs, please consider becoming a sponsor of the North Boroughs Beat. Our listeners are very involved in the community and could become your customer. Please contact us at northboroughsbeat at gmail.com for more details. As always, thanks to Mark Skyrato for sound engineering and music. B 
be sure to subscribe to the North Burrows Beat on Apple Podcasts or Google Play to never miss an episode. If you have any ideas for the show, please let us know on our North Burrows Beat podcast Facebook page or email us at northburrowsbeat at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.